May I speak to you in the name of one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. My daughter, Ava, loves to wear t-shirts and sweatshirts that have inspirational messages. The other day she was wearing a shirt that said, pray for your enemies. Ava told me one of her teachers noticed the shirt and asked her, do you really do that? Do you actually pray for your enemies? What an interesting question for us to ponder as we consider today's reading from Acts. The main theme of the story is the conversion of Saul, later known as the Apostle Paul. Saul is intent on destroying all who follow Jesus until he has an encounter with the risen Christ and is forever changed. But there's another essential player in this story, Ananias. And today we're going to focus on him, what God asks of him, how he responds, and what we can learn from this humble disciple. And we will also see that there are really two conversion stories in this passage. Two conversions that show us the living Christ at work in humanity. Two conversions that show us no one is beyond the saving grace of God. Who was Ananias? Interestingly enough, the name Ananias means to be gracious and to show favor. We see that meaning personified through the grace he shows to Saul. We know Ananias was a disciple of Jesus living in Damascus. We know he was actively working to spread the good news and expand the kingdom. We know Ananias knew the voice of the Lord well enough to answer him when he spoke. We know God trusted him to obey and perform the task ahead of him. We know God used Ananias to commission Saul, who became arguably the greatest evangelist in church history. No one is beyond the saving grace of God. What exactly did God ask of Ananias? We see God's request laid out in verses 11 and 12. Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. Come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. Seems reasonable enough. God sends a disciple out to minister to a blind man, to heal him. It's what God does. When God gets ready to do a new thing, he looks for one who is willing, who is listening, someone who is willing to talk, willing to trust, willing to act in faith. God looks for an Abraham, a David, an Esther, a Ruth. He looks for an Ananias. God chooses to bring about Saul's healing and anointing through a human interest in the person, Ananias. Ananias bestows a great gift of grace upon Saul, 
And here is the irony. Saul hoped to imprison Ananias, yet it is Ananias who came to set Saul free. No one is beyond the saving grace of God. How does Ananias respond? Ananias has an authentic human reaction to God's request. I love it. Ananias attempts to give God a bit of a newsflash. I can just picture him stammering a bit as he reminds God of just who this Saul guy is. I like to think that maybe he began the sentence with uncertainty and confusion, and perhaps with the words, uh, God? Or as my 10-year-old would say, wait, what? <laughs> what if there was a well-known person in, in Jacksonville who was going from town to town looking for believers and getting them thrown in prison or even murdered? What if the Lord told you to go meet this person at a certain location to pray for him and lay hands on him? My pastor's heart would tell me to go and be with this person. My brain would say, are you kidding? So let's think of it this way. Ananias is asked to go to someone who he thinks is beyond God's reach. Someone he highly and rightly perceives as an enemy who means to do him harm. Is there someone in your life or someone you know of whom you assume is beyond God's reach? If God asked you to speak to that person or pray with that person, would you question the instruction? Ananias thinks he knows better than God about other people and about what is possible. So his first response is to tell God that he must be lacking in information regarding who Saul is and what he is doing. Because if he knew who Saul was, Ananias wouldn't be asked to go to him and pray for him. But God knew exactly who Saul was and gave Ananias the assurance that he, God, was still in control. Ananias chose to believe the voice of the Lord more than his own natural instinct and more than his negative assumptions about Saul. No one is beyond the saving grace of God. What can we learn from Ananias? Not everyone can be like Saul, but maybe we are all called to be like Ananias. He is the church in the way the church ought to be. Ananias personifies grace and forgiveness. His story teaches us about acceptance and love for our fellow men and women. Even though we have all messed up in the past, especially though we have all messed up in the past, his story shows how we, as the body of Christ, are called to minister to those with different backgrounds, different walks in life, 
and different types of families. He shows us that ministry extends beyond our own comfort zone, beyond our daily routine, beyond our own neighborhood. So let's ask ourselves, who is it that we want to stay away from? Whose reputation frightens or intimidates us? Why don't we want to engage them? Is it easier or more convenient to write them off at the expense of their humanity? The answer is simple. If God doesn't give up on Saul, why do we as Christians give up on anyone? Our own church vision statement calls us to help people wherever they are on their spiritual journey live into a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that what Ananias did for Saul? He is obedient to God's call. He goes and enters the house and he says the most grace-filled words in the entire passage. Perhaps some of the most grace-filled words in the Bible. Brother Saul. These two words level the playing field. Ananias came to Saul not as his enemy, not in fear for his life. He came to him as a disciple. He came to him as a messenger from God. He came to him acknowledging their common humanity. He came to him as a brother. No one is beyond the saving grace of God. So this reading from Acts today is a story of not one, but two men who were blind. But because they encountered the risen Lord, they had a new vision. What could turn around a man who was so dedicated to his beliefs and so intent on squashing the beliefs of others. Only the loving power of Jesus Christ. What could cause a man who is so fearful of another to meet him, lay hands on him, and baptize him? Only the loving power of Jesus Christ. Many of us have not ever had an encounter with, with the risen Lord, like Saul and Ananias. Yet we know that God is always present, always loving, always looking for disciples to share the good news. What could Jesus do through you if you surrendered as Saul did and gave him complete control of your life? Maybe God will call you to work quietly behind the scenes, like Ananias. Or maybe you'll reach multitudes, like the great Apostle Paul. Our own beloved Harriet Beecher Stowe said, Obeying God never brings on public evils. I know it can't. It's always safest all around to do as he bids us. Because no one is beyond the saving grace of God. Amen.